Hello and welcome to Tread Lightly, the podcast where two dinosaurs are talking about books over a nice cup of tea. It's T-Rex and Raptor coming all the way from Germany and Australia to talk to you about today's book, Red Queen. By Victoria Aveyard. Oh, sorry. Yeah, she has a name. (laughs) Yeah, surprisingly she does. This is a world divided by blood, red or silver. The reds are commoners ruled by a silver elite in possession of godlike superpowers. And to 17-year-old mare, a red girl from a poverty-stricken stilts, it seems like nothing will ever change. But mare possesses a deadly talent of her own, one that threatens to destroy the balance of power. Fearful of her potential, the silvers hide mare in plain view, declaring her a long-lost silver princess. Knowing that one false move will mean her death, Mare must use her new position to bring down the regime from the inside. Now Mare has entered a game of betrayal at lies. So I liked this book up until like the last three chapters. Um, (laughs) Taking into account it is teen fiction again, because apparently we're on a roll with the teen fiction. Yes, pretty much displaying our great taste in books. Yeah, so like I, I liked it, I liked the intrigue, I liked the way she built it, and then it does a bit of a flip at the end there, and she kind of desperately loses all of my respect. <laughs> so I don't really respect her anymore. Like, the character that is, not the author. I mean, she wrote a book, I'm very impressed. <laughs> yeah, I mean, from, not from the character side of you, just as a whole, I, I did like the, the plot twist they went for the ending. I think that was actually not bad. I honestly didn't even see it coming, I have to admit. Usually I am less surprised by these twists. True. I didn't see the twist coming. It's the apex on which the twist happens that doth irk me so. (laughs) Like, I understand teenage drama. And yet, I am disappointed that anybody has a kind of dereliction to duty. Like, why would you even think that? Anyway, so this is a three for me. This one's a bit tricky. I don't know. I mean, the reading was was nice, actually. I I did like the structure in it and the way she wrote it. I wasn't too fussed about some of the characters and the cliches in there. I mean, we don't even have the standard of Oh no, who will she choose? Boy one or boy two? But we have three guys in this. And of course, every guy just wants her because that's what a teenage luster it needs to be. Yeah, I don't understand who went through that in there, like, as a teenager. Who had, one, anybody interested in them, and two, multiple people interested in them? How do I don't you... know, probably one of those people who are on that? TV all the time. Okay. People who didn't pick the same career paths that we did. <laughs> Clearly. Uh, so I don't know. I, I'm. I might give it a th- three and a half. I'm. I'm unsure on this one. It's. It's hard to settle here. I think. We'll see if you can come to a conclusion once you've reviewed the plot at, at a bit of a distance. Yeah. We'll see how that how that ends towards the end. Shall we just get into the spoilers? Yes. Everybody leave <laughs> now. Go read the book, come back, and hate and hate along with us, if the case may be. 
Uh, it wasn't that bad. It wasn't great, but it wasn't that bad. No. No, it wasn't that bad. You've definitely made me read worse. <laughs> the blurb actually reveals like a lot of the story already, which I didn't like, because it already tells yeah. you the plot for half of the book, which is kind of pointless. Then. More than half? She spends a fair amount of time developing these characters out, so... Yeah, we get introduced to our main female protagonist, Mare Barrow, I think. Yeah. Which just... I couldn't stop thinking about the Burrow from Harry Potter the whole time I read her name. Not helpful. And yeah, she's she's a kid from a poor family, basically just stealing from people in crowds all day long to get some money because she has no virtual talent other than that and no prospects at a job. <laughs> yeah, so she doesn't have a career. She's not working towards a trade or anything. She's barely finished school. And which um, she sucked too, from what we yeah. are told. Yeah, which, how do you suck at school and are this popular? Anyway, moving <laughs> promptly along from my own childhood. We spend the first, like, couple chapters living her her daily life, right? We yeah. get introduced uh, to her best friend. Yes, uh, Kilon. I have no idea how you pronounce that name. Kilon is fine, I think. I'm not 100% sure. Once again, these fucking fantasy names. <laughs> Every um, single fantasy book needs to have some weird fucked up names. Just go for standard names. They're fine. Even in the fantasy realm, I'm sure they would have come up with a normal name. Look, I wish our names were cooler. <laughs> Raptor's not exactly exciting. At least, at least your name is uh, implies you're a bit bigger and a little bit more intimidating. Yeah, until somebody asked me to clap. <laughs> Yeah, but, you know, the biggest test people ask me to do is open a door, so... Uh, okay, moving on from our more yeah. depressing lives. Yes, so we get introduced to her best friend, Kilon, who's, I think, in the fishing trade. Yeah, he's a fisherman. And we also get introduced to her family, her mom, and her dad, who I think sits in a wheelchair because he's injured from the last war. The ongoing war. He got a medical discharge from the still ongoing war because he's missing a lung. As you do. And has no ability to walk. Yeah. We also also get an introduction to her younger sister, um, Giza, who is um, in the seamstress trade. Yeah, she seems to be more of an embroiderer than a seamstress. Yeah, she does a lot of darning. Yes, and she actually... Is good enough to work for um, for the Silvers. Yeah. So she's gonna be the the main provider for the family, basically. Uh, at least she's set up to be that. And we also get a quick info that her three other brothers are all fighting in the war at the moment. Yeah, they've all left. They've all been conscripted because they didn't have basically a trade before they turned eighteen. Yeah. Yeah. So, so when you're eighteen and you don't have a job where you're useful, you automatically have to go to the front. Yeah, pretty much. So we, we do get chucked into this quite busy and, like, world full of characters where it's quite, like, dark and apocalyptic. And yet we do have our friends and family and we're definitely going to survive this and it's going to be great. It's going to be great, in fact. Because that always works out. Yeah, we... Enter the book 
on a Friday, and it is the first Friday of feasts. The Friday of feasts is where all of the Reds gather around and watch two Silvers use their magical powers to fight to the first blood. Yeah. It's gladiator games, basically. Just that it's But nobody's supposed to die. Yeah. It's just kind of a, a show of force. The Silvers will fight each other with these super magical powers, and the Reds will always be super intimidated because we can't do that. Yeah, it's basically just your annual, this is why we rule you. Yeah, I think even even more regular mm. than than that. So they head off to the first one of these events where a silver who's effectively super strong and what was the other one? Oh, I don't know. Um, it's really important what the other one is because it's new. She's never seen anybody with that superpower before. And she talks about how he's probably not the first son of any kind of family of worth because they wouldn't send their first son, so he's got to be the second son or the third son looking for some renowned playing in the gladi- gladiatorial games. Um, okay, hold on, the first one was a strong arm? Yeah. Oh, you wear August. some cool, so it's, cool so it's once a month, I think. That's right. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah, it was a mind controller. Ah, like so a whisper. Yeah, a whisperer. He controlled the mind of the strong arm. Ah, that's right. Which is something that we don't normally see in the gladiatorial games, because the mind controller basically got beat to shit first, because apparently it takes some time for him to, like, get through to the brain of the strong man. Yeah, which, I mean, just sounds plot convenient, really. Super plot convenient. But the strong man basically gets murdered. Yes. Absolutely. More or less, I think torn he's... Apart. Yeah, and he, like, kind of kills himself, too, partly. Yeah, but also, they're, they're not supposed to kill the other Silvers, so they they do a mass evacuation of the arena to get all of the Reds out. Um, yeah, although I don't quite, like, I get why they're not supposed to kill each other off, especially since, you know were also powerful and the ruling class and all that crap. But I don't see why they had to evacuate the rats then, because... Because you're not supposed um, to see them weak. Yeah, but then at the same time, they also look strong if they're strong enough to kill one another. I mean, I don't know. That that wasn't that, that great of a plot point, I thought. Eh, whatever. Everybody is out. Yes. On the street, doing the things. And she's um, doing her stealing thing. Yeah. And then, then we go, she goes back to her place. Ah, oh, no, she goes off to see, was it Will Whistle? To try and sell the the stuff that she's got. Yeah. And I'm pretty sure she gets to sell him some. And I think that might be the part where he um, tells her about the rebels. Yeah, he vaguely mentions about the rebels. So she gets home and they find that there's a letter from her brother. Yeah. With all these really unique phrases about, you know, reds rising, it's the dawn of uh, the new age. I, uh, it, I gotta say, I hate the, the amount we have the phrase red as the dawn in this book. I, I couldn't stand it at some point. <laughs> um, <sighs> basically, we have a very heavy-handed letter that's like, 
I'm in the rebellion. Everything will be fine. Yes. Um, and so we've, we've put that piece of information away. We move on. There's a storm out to sea, and Killon's ship captain is killed, and he no longer has a job. So he's going to get conscripted and conscripted soon. So he yes. runs crying to Mare. Mare goes, yeah. oh, I don't know what to do. But I have to help him because he's never going to survive the war. Yeah. And so she goes back to Will Whistle and is like, all right, I see you smuggle shit that doesn't come from here. Can you smuggle a person out? And he goes, woofed. And she goes, <laughs> I'll do anything. And he goes, woofed. Meet this. Is it Farley? Yeah. Farley, yeah. Yeah, she is the captain of the local troop of rebels, funnily enough. The underground ring, also the rebel group. Woo! <laughs> Convenient. Da, da, da. So, Fairly says she that she will help Mare and Kilon escape for a thousand crowns each. Which is, like, I don't know, a couple of years' worth of income or something. It's yes, a ridiculous time amount. But Mare goes, hey. yeah, we can do it, I'm going to save him because I'm a saver of people. And so she ropes in her sister who seems to, we infer from the giggling, has a crush on Kilorn. Yeah. Yes, she uh, has doubts for the Kilorn. Yeah, she does. So they come up with a scheme. Basically, Giza is going to get Mare into one of the Silver's shopping centers, effectively. Yeah. Uh, Mary's going to do the pickpockety thing, and then they're all going to head home with their new wealth. Yeah. So we get in, everything's going grand, we've dressed Mare up in knot pants, and we've toddled on off to sell the silk at the market. Yes. Um, and, I mean, it also seems to be like a small silver town, as well as, like, marketplaces and stuff within it. Yeah. And you have, like, proper guards at the entrances and all that. And you technically, if you're red, you need, um, was it a special bracelet or something to be allowed to yeah. go in? So it's all very high security. High indeed. So but they get in, no dramas, they set up. Then Mayor heads off into the throngs of the crowd trying to, like, pick up stuff. And she starts giving us a really good description of all the different types of silvers that she see and and what powers they're demonstrating. So this is a good... We go through what, like, the nymphs are, which are people that can, like, use water. We get some fire twirlers and some more strongmen, I think. Basically, yeah. like, the nymphs are on, like, childminding duty and the strongmen are guards and, like, then everybody else is shopping and just being normal. As normal as you can be. Yeah, when you're fancy silver and you're fancy silks. Yeah. And I think she's actually... I think she actually succeeds in some of the stealing. I don't think she succeeds in any of the stealing because it's pretty much smack bang at that point where she's starting to like get into the crowd that we have the announcement of the attack. Oh, was it that fast? Okay. Yeah, so we get the public service announcement where the... Radio announcer, video announcer, video announcer. Yeah, it's on, News the, it's on all of the screens. That I'm looking for News Anchor. <laughs> um, tells everybody about this attack that has recently occurred in the capital city. Yes. Um, where they've created an explosion which has killed a number of silvers. 
This causes the Silvers in our town to go absolutely bonkers and just start hunting and killing red people. Yes, which They're are, kind of, in, at this point, just the servants and the workers in the area. Yeah, people who have, like, legitimate jobs and are not the rough and tumble. Like, Mayor is 100% in the rough and tumble, but nobody else there would have been at all. Mayor kind of senses the shift in crowds and, like, manages to piss Bolt out of there back to Giza. Oh, yeah, they get back together... Giza's like, did you get the money? And, Mo- and Mia's like, no, I came to find you because that's more important to me. And she's like, no, we've got to save Krill, whatever his name is. And Mia's like, no, we've got to keep going. And then Giza decides to stick her hand in a silver's pocket and she's not a thief. And <laughs> no, she gets she's caught at it. immediately. Like, immediately. Ugh. Yeah. Which means that she has her hand broken. Yes, I think they, like, shadow it into tiny bits. The bones in her arm get broken. Bones I think her entire hand gets broken. crushed, like, to the yeah. point where you can't, like, you can't heal it in order to use it again, basically. It won't be the same as it was. Yeah. So, family income is destroyed. <laughs> Uh, Keelan and Mare and now Giza are all bound for a conscription because they don't have a job. They're Great fine, job, Mare. Basically. Great job, Mare. So we're all loving this protagonist, aren't we, at this point? <laughs> yes. Big oh, fan. she's making such great decisions for everybody. Everybody. Uh, yeah. So we're all... Sort of depressed at that point. It's all looking terrible. And then we have the... Uh, what were they called? The rebel group. The Scarlet... Guard. Yes, Scarlet Guard. Yeah, so they're basically the ones who, who did the the attack. Which now makes... I think Mare was kind of thinking now if she still wanted their help. Because she wasn't actually that big on board with the whole... She didn't want to bomb people. Yes. Um, And I think that night she then decided to go into some kind of pub to desperately try to get some money together so maybe she could get at least Kilon out or something. Yeah, so she does. She runs off to this pub to just start pickpocketing people every... everywhere. All of them. She wants to pickpocket (laughs) all of them. I mean, to be fair, they're also fairly drunk, so it's it's not like a hard job for her, that one. No. These are people that have been rode hard and put away wet. This is people who've lived a rough life. And then I think, I'm not sure if it was inside of the pub or just outside of the pub. However, she tries to steal from somebody who's actually not that drunk and actually kind of clever and catches her in the action. Yeah, uh, I believe it's outside because, yeah. So she's like, ah, fuck. And he goes, ah, well, that's not too bad. You gave it your best try. Just being really weird about and really, like, nonchalant about the fact that she just tried to steal from him. Yeah, really nonchalant about it. And then she, like, spins out her sob story and he, like, hands her a bunch of money. And then she spins Keelan's sob story and he gives her more money. (laughs) Yeah, uh, she's just she's taking she's taking all of his money without stealing it, and he's just like, oh, 
you poor thing, let me give you all of the monies. And he has yeah, a he lot does. of the monies. Yeah, he does. He gives it quite a substantial amount of money. So we're all, yay, money. Anyway, we go home. She has a conversation with her dad about electricity papers, which I don't know if you picked up on that, but this this being my second read, I probably kind of picked it up. It has been like four or five years since I read it, but I realized that he can't make the electricity box work despite the fact he's got legit electricity papers. And she just walks over and touches it, and there's a bit of zap, and it starts again. Yeah, yeah. Did it you was... pick up on that one? Yeah, especially because I think, I'm not sure where, like, the, the, the book blurb wasn't the first one I read. I read a different blurb, too, um, somewhere online, after which I decided to read the book. So at that point, like, the fucking blurbs gave, gave already so much away that it kind of was obvious then. Oh, okay. Something was odd. Like, since we were waiting for her, at that point, not describe powers to appear... You're kind of like, mm, ah, mm, mm. Yeah, so she has a touch of the electricery, if you would. Yeah, she's the master electrician. So next day, she gets a royal summons, or she gets summoned by the royal guard, and everybody's like, mm, you got busted, didn't you? <laughs> you're getting arrested, this is it, you're done for. Turns Wait, out, you're gonna die. Yeah. Out there, like, everybody's real, like, oh, she's on death row now. But <laughs> turns out she got a job. <laughs> Somebody's offered her a job. Yeah, right yeah, at the royal palace. Which, I mean, it's a servant job, but it's a servant job at the royal palace, so it's kind of as good as you can get as a minor red, pretty much. Yeah, basically. She's going to make even more money than Giza would have made, which is good, because Giza is now a cripple. Yeah. <laughs> that was a bit blunt. Well, she is. Yeah. Giza is like really depressed because all she ever wanted to do was the embroidery. Like it was her dream. She loved it. She lived for it. She was really happy with her life. And now she's just a cripple. And it's all fucked. Yeah. A bit of depression there for everybody. Enjoy. Yeah. But. So, within the space of one day, right, this, we're, yes. what we're next going to describe to you is one fucking day. She gets ta- she gets a royal summons, or she gets summoned by the royal guard. She turns out she gets a job. She gets a job. She gets a uniform. She has to do she waiting to on tables at a big event. Yeah. There is no She's- turn up tomorrow at 9 a.m. No, no, it's you're now working for us, and your work starts now. Yeah. With no training. Happens. Just come on. You know how to wait a table, right? You're a thief. Nobody knows the thief part. Um, anyway, so she's like, oh, it must be that cool cat Cal, who was the guy who gave me a bunch of money yesterday, because he had a good job. Turns out he has the worst job. She's not, she's not wrong. Oh, look, he has an alright job. Basically, we get to the point where we realize that, hey, Cal's the crown prince. Uh, sexy beefcake Cal. Uh, is El Prinzo. Yes, um, I mean, he's sorry, the main attractive uh, protagonist, so of course he also has to be a prince. Otherwise, how yeah. would we know he's the main guy? Oh, yeah. Also, up until this point, Kil- Kilon has been described as, like, tall and gangly and just, like, <laughs> a bag of bones. Yes, 
I mean, there has been some small messages about that he's kind of interested in Mare, but she also made it clear that he's just her best friend slash brother. Yeah. It's the good old hour, we're just friends. But let's not forget, this is a teenage romance book. Yes. A fantasy book. Um, Next we have a dramatic fight for the hand of the prince, which I thought was just hilarious. Because usually in the cheesy fairy tale stories, you maybe have like two prince, uh, princess, I don't know, having a sword fight over some chick. But no, here we have all the chicks from the really high-ranking silver families showing off their super fancy powers in order to, I don't know, come out on top and get the prince. Yeah, there's no it's fighting great. involved. It's all no. just like... It's just a show. Just a show. Yeah. I really like that, though. <laughs> it was great. Just come out, ladies, and show who's the most brutal. I was really hoping for more fighting. Let's let's see some real fighting, please. Yeah. I guess maybe they would have ripped each other to pieces over the guy. Uh, yeah, but they have healers. It'd be fine. <laughs> yeah, maybe. I guess all the all the fancy families weren't weren't ready to I don't know, have their daughters beaten to a pulp with magical powers. <laughs> Well, at any rate, we have Mare serving one of the fancy families and overhears them talking about the whole show. So, so she gets a bit of insight that what this show of power is actually for and that there's already one chick that comes from one of the power, most powerful families that's probably going to get the spot anyway. So this is all just for show. And yeah, yeah. It's all show anyway. Anyway, sorry. <laughs> yeah. Yes, it is. So, yeah, I think towards the end, we then have that chick, um, oh, what's her name? Um, Knife Girl. (laughs) Knife Girl. Evangeline or something. Yeah, Evangeline. Yeah. So, she's down there and doing all her cool, cool shit. And then... Yeah, she has magical knife powers. Yes. I mean, it's uh, controlling metal, isn't it? Yeah, Yeah, Yeah. she can control metal. So she's Magneto, basically. Yeah. So we have Magneto doing her really, really cool shit. And then we have some kind of, like, was it a fight that breaks out in the the box where Mare was? No, she starts pulling the metal out of the ground. And oh, so all yes. of the boxes that they're in, like, run around on these, like, rails to, like, open up a field underneath so that they could have this, this arena. demonstration, yeah, arena. And it uh, doesn't quite go to plan because she starts just pulling all of the metal out of the walls. And in doing so, it collapses the box that they're in and she falls in. Yeah, so she's falling and falling over a huge drop and then... On top of the arena, there's an electrical net that's, I think, just to, what is it, to... um, Yeah, it's to protect the audience, but... Yeah, so she's she's falling onto that, knowing that she's going to die because it's high-voltage electricity. And she slaps onto it face first, and nothing happens. For the first seconds, at least. And then I think her own electrical 
engineering powers <laughs> are then basically just breaking the the her net, electric, which shouldn't her, be uh, Yeah, her electricery fights back. Yes, and breaks the net, which shouldn't be possible because it's high voltage shit, basically. So, yeah, we have her landing in the arena, and Evangelina's <laughs> like, what the hell is this shit? Yeah. And I think she starts I don't... trying to fight her, isn't she? Yeah. But they which, get uh, interceded pretty quickly. Yeah. And, well, Mare is completely confused, having no idea what just happened, as are the Silvers, because she's red and shouldn't be able to have powers. Only yeah. the Silvers have powers. And she's fairly certain that she's going to get killed now, basically. And, well, then I think she gets taken directly to the king, or does she go into her cell first? She gets in a cell first, and she gets attacked by the queen. Mm, yeah, the queen being introduced as this real bitch who can control people's minds, but on a really, really high level, not like the guy in the in the arena at the beginning. Uh, yeah. Who just fucking hates her. Like, hates her guts. Everybody just hates what she stands for, which is that yeah. the red are... Rising the as the... new dawn. <laughs> they're gonna be rising as the red fucking dawn. Yeah, this is really annoying because I like the book Red Rising and it just you. Yeah, you learn a lot the of phrase. the same language and I don't want it. Yeah. Also, I don't know why lower classes in fantasy books always have to be red. It's just strange. Red is a great color. Why are we picking on red? Yeah, it's weird. Well, in any case, it's <laughs> she then gets dragged before the king, who's like, mm, "Who are you and why can you do shit?" And she's like, I have no idea. And we're all, well, we can't really have you running around being a rat with famous powers. And yeah. we also so can't kill you because we don't know story. what you are yet. So they've decided to make her a princess. So they will, <laughs> she will never, ever be alone ever again for the rest of her life. She's under constant guard and constant public scrutiny. Yeah, I mean, I, I do like that they didn't go for the mushy, lovey-dovey, oh, I'm a princess now. But with the, fuck, I'm a princess, I don't want this. This sucks. I'm not going to be happy ever again. Yeah, but she doesn't even try. Like, she's in a really unique position, and she's real snotty about it. Like, yes. sure, you I can mean, hate she's a being a princess. Girl. Oh, yeah. But, like, if somebody picked you up and was like, here, I have a way of making your family incredibly wealthy and saving them from a war, wouldn't you, like, jump at the chance? She's, like, shitty about it. I mean, I think the benefits... And also the fact that she doesn't really have a choice is mainly why she goes along, but... I mean, yeah, I just like that it's not the classical magical princess story. It's like, it's a sucky princess. I'm all here for that. So basically, they invent a new character for her, they pretend that she was from a now-dead silver family, the last survivor of them that had electrical Been adopted powers. by a red family, right? Yes. And is now, oh, how great, being returned to the fold. And in order to make sure she can't get anywhere, they also decide to betroth her, basically, to uh, Cal's brother, the second prince, Maven. Oh, God, the fucking name. I hate it so much. <laughs> Maven. You know that Cal's probably short for Callum, right? Or something like that. 
what's what's Mare short for? Do we ever get her whole name, or is that just it? Nope. Oh. Mare is it. She's actually a female horse. <laughs> yes, isn't that great? And Maven is like a fucked up raven. It's great, we have a horse and a bird. Okay, yes. So they get they get set up with each other since Cal is now being betrothed to the angry Magneto chick. And Evangeline! Yes. Eventually, Evangeline. So, yes. Everybody's set up with somebody. She gets quarters in the royal palace and, well, now basically needs to learn how to behave like all the fancy people do. That's when we Yeah, she needs some class because she is a rough. Yeah. We get we get introduced to the king's brother, um, Julian, I want to say. No, that's Cal's mother's brother. Oh, right. The current queen is not the first queen. She is the second wife of our main man, Tiberius Tobias. Yeah. Well, the first one died by suicide. (coughs) Suicide. Look, I wasn't going to make it that obvious yet, but yes, by (coughs) suicide. Yes. Well, so basically we have Cal from the first wife and Nathan from the current one. Yarp. And yes, we do get an introduction to Julian eventually, which is then Kel's uncle, who is to teach her how to use her powers and teach her some like history and just basic knowledge. And figure out knowledge. what what she is and where she's coming from and what's going on. Yeah, which turns out to be to be poetry. Yes, we also get an introduction to some woman whose name I don't remember who is teaching her. Like, all the manners, like how to sit and stand and eat and all that. And dance! Yes. Oh, so exciting. And we also get a lot of fight uh, trainings, which basically... Oh, that doesn't happen for a while. Yeah. I mean, she, she watches... I think she watches a couple of them first before she actually participates, doesn't she? Uh, yeah. It's, it's just training sessions for all the other children of the fancy houses and just them beating each other up with like super superhuman abilities it's just it's x-men fighting pretty much yeah but this is all um basically training montage yes so that we have a stronger character the other side of this yeah it is and then in between we have her and we have canoodling between her and cal Yes, and I then, mean, she's also warming up to Maven, yeah. who, who in her eyes is like the, or in general, he's the forgotten brother in a way, like everybody's always doting on Cal, the future king, and he's kind of like the, oh yeah, right, we also have Maven, where's that guy? Um, so he's playing the, oh, sad, forgotten brother card on her, and she's like, mm, you poor little dove. Yeah. But she's still in love with Cal, because that's this kind of book. Yes, we get, um, I think we get a, a cheesy, I teach you how to dance scene between her and Cal in a, like, dark hall at night in the castle. Yeah, pretty much. And we've got video footage of that. Let's just keep that in mind. There are cameras <laughs> everywhere. Yes, which isn't big brothery and creepy at all. Yeah, but also, like... Mare, our electricity friend, 
can feel cameras when yes, she can feel on. electricity in the cameras. And so you'd think that she would be a little bit more sensible, wary. Yeah. But no, we have a horny teenage girl. No senses. Yeah, so we get a bit of that back and forth. We have a couple of, I don't know, fancy dinners with some of the other yeah, fancy um, lunch of our families. And we get a bit of introduction to some of the families and their powers. And yeah, trying to flesh out the, the silvers a bit more. Yeah. So each house has like a power. Nobody tend to have more. Nobody ever has more than one power. You tend to get them from your father's side. Yeah. Which kind of means that the mother power, mother's powers die out, which kind of sucks. That's why I kind of want sons, don't you? Well, it's in a it's it's a patriarchy anyway, so they probably would have preferred sons at any rate. Yeah, we also get that village thing where she's like, she wants to go home and visit the village, and she's um, like th- lamenting. Well, I think we get the. I mean, she is homesick a lot of the time, but I think then we also get the news that um, two of her brothers came home from war. No, she doesn't find out about that like until she gets there. Oh, I thought it was the reason why she goes there. No, I think she's just l- missing home and like. Maven uses this as an opportunity to, like, woo her a little bit, because he's like, I know I can't take you to see your family, but I know somebody who can, and, like, takes her to Cal, and Cal, and he's like, take her to the village! <laughs> and Cal's like, oh, great, I could use my new motorcycle! Yeah, apparently motorcycles, not a thing. He's invented them in this world. Because <laughs> he's just... a brilliant mechanic. Yeah, he's, yeah. I mean... We're setting up his his abilities a bit weirdly. He's like a great military strategist, but also yep. he's great at mechanics. He's also a great pilot and yes. a good leader, and he's good at fighting, and he's super cool. Yeah. And also he's really, really fucking big on duties. Like, those are my yeah. duties. This is as expected of me. I'm not yes. going to turn around for anyone. Actually, Let's highlight that a little bit more. He's really, really into his duty. He 100% wants to serve his country the best that he can as king. That's what he wants. He wants to be that guy. All yes. he wants, nothing else. He does. He wants to fulfill his duty and his potential. Yeah, and like he, he does seem to get actual feelings for me too and all that, but never ever is the point changed to the slightest that the first thing for him will always be his fucking job. Yeah, he's so into doing his job. Yeah, so he takes he takes her home on his motorcycle. And where... she gets to see her brothers! Yes, or... and also Kilon and the cripple. Oh no, the two cripples now. And, ah, so great. Yeah, well, she gets to see two out of three of her brothers because it turns out one of them was murdered. Trying he, to escape from yeah, the war. Yeah, he was beheaded for for disobeying orders, basically. <laughs> dum, yeah. dum, dum. So she gets mad and runs away to our cool friend Will Thistle. Or, <laughs> and she's like, I want to join the resistance! <laughs> and he's like, yes. sure? And she, 
she's like, yes, they killed my brother. He was part of the resistance too. I now understand his really not cryptic at all letter. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's all very teenage girl can't make up her mind. What it, it's what it feels like. But also we um throughout She's doing it to save all of the others who couldn't <laughs> save themselves. Krill yeah, Kilon, Kilon, there we go. We we also throughout the book get whenever we, we get a bit of I don't know, backstory or just character development for Cal, we also are being told that he supports his father's line of using the Reds as cannon fodder, basically. That yeah. he's in favor of, of using everybody from 18 as uh, as the fucking... Yes, the soldiers who are barely trained and are just there to die at the thousands. And that he's... Lamb to like, the slaughter. Yeah. He, he very much is in line with his father's cruel policies. And Mea still likes him, which makes me question his sanity. He's, like, fine with kidding all of her people. For she still political thinks he's reasons. cute, but... <laughs> yeah, but he's so handsome. Uh, yes, so she, she... Yeah, she wants to become part of the rebellion. And Kilon, I think, also wants to join, or already has joined. He joins afterwards. Mm, okay. Anyway, but also her family have gotten on to the fact that she is now... A red who his, her mother definitely gave birth to. It looks very much like her brother's. <laughs> and she and also has magical powers. Yeah. And so they're kind of like then paid for their silence. They know who she is and what the hell's going on. And so. Yeah. Yeah. And I think we have another like smushy mushy scene between her and Kilon before she has to go back to the. Oh, yeah, and Cal is standing there literally, like, glowering at them and, like, <laughs> radiating heat to get him to back off. <laughs> so there is our first and only sign that he is interested in Mare. Like, yeah, like, he would... He, enough he will... to do something about it. Yeah, I mean, I think they kissed at that dancing lesson. Oh, yeah, um, they did. But... She felt so guilty for so long. <laughs> Yes, because she's supposed to be with Maven. Uh, but at any rate, like he he does. Okay, once you or twice. Right. And you don't want to be loyal to that color, and you're gonna be loyal to your husband, who's a, a silver. Like I don't get it. Like she she doesn't even get it. Yeah. And I mean, Cal shows like only once or twice in the whole book that he actually likes her, and all the other times it's like. I don't care. I got jobs to do. You're not my job. Yeah. It's so fucking weird. Why do you like this guy? He does. It's the perfect equivalent to he's just not that into you. He's like interested because you keep hanging around. This is not a healthy relationship. No. Like, fight yourself a guy. I mean, at this find point, Maven actually shows more interest in her than Kel does. He actually talks he's to her, he listens to her, and he's trying to, yeah, like, do shit for her. And then, okay, so then we get, we go back to the palace, and we get secret message in a teacup from the resistance. Because <laughs> teacups. Yeah, she gets, basically, the lady fills the teacup with, a, with this bit of paper and some hot water, and she has to, like, fish it out. <laughs> Stupid. Unless it's written on rice paper. This is the terrible idea. 
Um, yes. Anyway, that aside, come secret meeting, we find out that Marvin has... Marvin. Marvin. <laughs> <laughs> so good old Marvin. Maven has also joined the resistance because he doesn't like the way that his father and his brother treat the Reds. He thinks that they shouldn't be used for cannon fodder and, you know, it's time for equality. Yes, democracy. The system has to be overhauled. Uh, yeah, so I think that's when she actually starts to also develop more feelings for Maven. Yeah, the guy who keeps going out of his way to help her and not just, like, turning up in a room being like, you want to go for a dance lesson? <laughs> yeah. Big surprise. But, yeah, it takes her this long to actually go for the, at least, at the moment, the nice looking guy. good guy. Yeah. Yes. Sorry, people out there. Girls are always going to go for muscles, apparently. <laughs> so sexy. <laughs> yeah. So we have them joining the rebellion and having secretive meetings with them and planning um, an attack, I think. Yeah. And while she's out having a secret rendezvous with Cal, Maven Maven has a meeting with the rebels and basically queues up uh, a whole bunch of people to die. Yeah. She has no influence on this meeting whatsoever because she wasn't there because she was too busy having rendezvous. Yes, which also makes you slightly... I mean, that should have been a moment for Mare to go. So, Maven, you're good with a lot of people being killed? I mean, he does seem to look... She does describe him as looking queasy frequently, and they do lament the fact that they are deciding people's fates together. Yeah. So, we get to the attack, which... I think happens at a, at a big dinner party with a lot of the... Yeah, it's the the, uh, it's the last ball thing to celebrate the kids being effectively married off before they move back out of the Summer Palace back into the capital city. Yes. And we have the big attack of the rebellion in which Cal is showing his great fighting abilities to at least catch some of the rebellion people and probably mm. kill a couple too. And they capture them all. Do they capture all of them? Yeah. I'm pretty sure some got away. Well, uh, it, it none of the characters that we know... Yes, the, the, the main rebellion characters are being caught. Dum, da, dum. And all imprisoned. Somehow, the leader of the rebellion... All of Mare's friends are all the ones that get caught and not any of the other randoms who she couldn't possibly know. Yeah. And none of them are getting killed, too. Ooh, good luck. Yeah. No, one of them gets shot in the stomach. I can't remember who couldn't have been very important. No, he's not. Well, at any rate, they get captured, they get imprisoned. And she kind of knows that as soon as the mind-controlling queen picks apart their brains, they're going to know that she and Maven were involved. So she decides, we have to break them out quickly. So she finally gets the brilliant idea, after all this fucking time, to maybe manipulate the cameras to shut off. Yeah. And And she's not good at it. (laughs) No, because... I mean, she's been practicing, she right? Gets Ju- no, she gets Julian to do it. 
Yeah, no, but I mean, she's been practicing her, her powers, hasn't she? Like, how is she still Yeah, this as a shitty? blast, basically to blast things out of the air, not to do anything conducive. Like, Ugh, so seems like a great thing. oversight. So much so. Uh, well, yes. Yeah, she's so got electricity powers. Can we give her some fundamental electricity, like, learning, please? <laughs> How power works. I mean, the whole, the whole training montage up. is just missing elements. Yeah. So, right. yes. She and she's Julian are going in to get them up. Appreciate these stories that people write, and it's more so that we are lamenting in book decisions by characters and less so the author very proud that everybody who can write does so except for that universe book (laughs) well she couldn't write yeah yeah not trying to detract from somebody who actually managed to put this book together victoria victoria yeah i mean we are very even when we bitch about all these books we keep reading the Mm -hmm. fantasy teenage romance novels so clearly we are at fault as much as anyone else. Yeah, we keep buying them and keep reading them. So as much we as we bitch about, about it, it can't yeah, be that bad if we keep going back to it. To at the end, yeah. Oh, I will never again read Across the Universe, though. I hate that book. Yeah, I think we've established that one. I would rather read Green Eggs and Ham. Hey, Green Eggs and Ham is a good book. I know, but it's not particularly like... I'd read it, rather read it a thousand times in a row. Well, maybe we have to read Green, he- Green Eggs and Ham drunk one time. Maybe. Um, anyway, so back into it. Yes, so... She has to get all the people out. And she does. And she does. She gets shot. So she leaves some of her blood behind at the scene. Dum, dum, dum. Yes, and she, then she Maven gets... this. Maven goes, we're definitely... I can fix this for you. Hang on. So we'll put a pin in that idea and come back to it later. Yes. Uh, we have Julian call in, I think, his sister? No, his girlfriend. Oh, right. Your? Uh, yes, who is healing Mare now. She's also very, very silent, as in she does not speak. Because her tongue was cut out by the yes. queen. Which is not or speaking about <laughs> her in a bad way. Yes. And I don't know, do we get the hints then about the whole first queen doing the <coughs> suicide? Uh, I think we get that kind of like repeatedly from Julian and then we know that the friend is somehow linked to it because she tried to speak up. Yeah. Yes, we have uh, Mare being all better now, and then we get um, the the revelation from Julian that he um, he did some research on her blood and found out that she has a genetic mutation that allows her to have powers like Silver Spoon, and that uh, she technically should be stronger than the Silvers as well. Like her powers should be greater than the silver ones yeah. if she can control them because she can generate power from nothing whereas the silvers get their power from the environment around them basically if you have water you can't create as a water power you can't create water from around you if you have fire you can't 
create yeah. fire. For example, you have to... um, we have uh, we have Cal who has firepower and he always wears bracelets, um, with I don't know lighter fluids I guess in them. Yeah. That create small sparks so he can yeah. then do fire. Make the fire bigger or smaller. Yeah. So yes, she got the almighty powers, as of course she has to, because she's the main protagonist here. Because she's the main character. <laughs> That's um, how you know who the story is about. The one with the real fancy powers. Yeah, but they they're gonna leave, right? Not far. Over there. They pack they pack up the summer palace, which is where they've been this whole time, and head off to the main palace in town. Yeah, Julian, but- her teacher. It's like, I'm not, not coming. I'm definitely not going on the run. Yeah, and just before, um, when he tells her um, about her powers and what he found out, he also tells her that it's the reason why her brother was killed. Because he also had been found to have powers, and that's why they had to shut him up. Well, it's in the secret note that comes later. She finds it in the book. Okay. It's in the letter that he writes her that's in the book that's hidden inside of a painting. Because he leaves her a gift. It's a painting. He says, don't open it. I'm definitely not going on the run. And then they all pack up their shit and leave and go down. So we take the fancy grand boats from the summer palace to the real life palace, I guess. And we have all of the reds lined up along the beach. And if they don't line up then they get beaten. Yeah, to be fair, at this stage, the whole situation between the red and the silver is very tense because after the last attack um, on the um, on the silver families, the king decided to change the age of subscription and now 15-year-olds and older have to go to war. It's, it's conscription, not subscription. Oops. <laughs> Oh, look at me go. Now, you are subscribed to this podcast from the age of 16. Ah, no. uh, Yeah, conscription. Yeah, that's shitty. They also have more curfews, less pay, and a bunch of other, like, pretty terrible rules. Yes. And Uh, once again, we announce to the whole world on video, and she hates herself for it because they're like, ah, now it's a perfect opportunity to use our new pseudo-red mouthpiece. Yes, and also... It's once again made clear that Cal is perfectly in line with that. Like mm-hmm. he's, he's not, he doesn't enjoy their their suffering or anything like that. But he understands why his father does it, and he agrees with him to punish all of the Reds for the small rebellion, basically. Yeah, because you've got to keep the Silver safe. Yeah, and once again, I have to ask, why is he our main love interest? Because he has muscles. Oh God, it's the it's the man meat again. Look, <sighs> I like I like a, a, a good man meat as much as the next person. But maybe not one that enjoys warfare. Just look, I'm not opposed to it. <laughs> I myself am a bit of a fan of warfare. Mm. You know, you gotta you gotta take him as they come. You can't. Be smart. That's not interesting at all. <laughs> I mean, brains from a girl. We have a lot of we have a lot of books with shitty male characters. That's fine. The issue is that 
if you don't give him a character arc to make him in some way better at the end of the story, then he just sucks. Like, it's fine to set him up as this guy who gives a shit about the Reds and just wants to follow the old line ahead. But you have to make him into a somewhat more redeemable person by the end of the book, which doesn't happen. Doesn't that happen in book two? <sighs> Not really. I mean, he, he changes somewhat, but only because the situation needs him to, in order to actually survive and go on. But his main, his main drive hasn't changed. He still True. just wants to be the king and keep everything as it always has been. Even though he's maybe in love with the red. <laughs> it's like, it's fine. We'll enslave your entire family, but I still love you. It's fine. You're not like other girls. You have weird lightning powers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it makes you better than a red. That's why I can love you. Uh, anyway. Yes. This drama aside... We have them on the boats, and I think we there also have... Like a small cutesy moment between Mare and Maven. Yeah, he kisses her for the first time. And she's like, ooh, maybe It's I nothing like his brother. It was fiercely passionate. And it surprised him as much as it surprised me. Yes, basically. And she gets the whole, ah, mm, maybe I can forget Cal and be happy with Maven. And <laughs> it's the, the, <laughs> the fucking general, mm, who will she choose? Which one? Which one? Yeah. Oh, anyway. So then, we get there. And everybody is unhappy. <laughs> As they always are. As they always are. She and Maven go on a hugely romantic walk. And then they go and get a secret message. And they go to the theatre. Because the secret message told them to go to the theatre. From the theatre... They take a secret underground railroad system. <laughs> He's getting... inside of a theater. To this isn't getting more ridiculous city. at all. Yeah, okay. This is the point where I stopped engaging with the story. Like, the world weren't they? Like, it's, it's teenage romance. Like, I can handle it. Here is where shit starts to get a bit too extreme for me to follow along with what's going on. <clears throat> Anyway, they arrive in an abandoned city for nuclear holocaust, and they're like, nah, actually, this is where we keep funneling all of our reds to, like, get out of risque situations. I mean, as a background info, we have been told that there has been some nuclear war, and that the places who were hit, like, the worst, are now so radioactive that nobody can go there anymore without dying immediately. Yeah. They're like warded off zones of this is very dangerous, don't go here. And now we get the revelation that actually they're just very misty. Yeah, well, it's a, the Reds build the tech. So the Reds fake the tech. Yes, to oh, make sure. Bad. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so they made so many uh, detectors for radioact- radioactivity that are working. Not as they're supposed to. Working in air quotes. Which is cool. And this is where Mare reveals to the rebels and Maven that she has this list <coughs> of people that are like her, that have this weird blood anomaly like her. Right? Yes. Cool. 
super exciting. There are thousands more of them out there. They have to just go rescue them. And then we can build an army of super special reds. Super special reds. You know, some kind of like red-silver mix. Yeah. I don't know what color that would be. Yellow? Um, <laughs> That's not how colors work. Eh, sparkly red. Um, maybe maybe more of a bronze at this point. It's going to end up brown. Every time you mix colors, it just ends up brown. <laughs> That's because you're shit at mixing colors. Yeah. Ah. Anyway, okay, yes. then we head back to see the Royal Fan Bam. We have some more awkward Royal Fan Bam moments. Mare and Cal get another moment where Cal tells her that, you know, as part of rebuilding her life as a silver, they don't want anybody but to know that uh, she was a red. So they've deleted her red blood work that, that happened when she was a baby. So if she happens to bleed anywhere, a.k.a. in the cell of those people, no one will be able to trace it back to her or her family because it's all been destroyed. And she's like, really? Why would you do that? And he was like, nah, it was Maven's idea. Super cool cat, that one. Um, yeah, and so blood convenient. So blood convenient. So she's like, cool, this is great. Maven's let's the best. Let's have a coup. Maven's the best. Maven, let's have a coup and make you king, and then you can fix everything. Yes, isn't that a grand idea? A grand idea in doo Yeah, so they're plotting with the rebellion to get the coup over with. And everyone's like, super on board. It's going to be great. Except, no. No, 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 no. Not everyone is super on board. The person who is definitely not on board is Farley, who's in charge of the entire rebellion, who goes, this is my favorite line from the book. He's like, so you're asking me to put our entire rebellion into the hands of a love tri- a teenage love triangle? <laughs> and same what everybody goes, well, yeah. And... Killon, who's there at the moment, turns around and goes, I'd believe it to be true. I'd give it up for you. And you're like, why are you here? Go home. <laughs> like, and great. Now we have another person in this love story that we did not need. Or want. She made it clear. Did not yes. want him. Uh, so we have another forced, what is it? A love square? <laughs> it's a love kite. <laughs> so, love yes. kite aside, Farley is putting her entire rebellion in the hands of this love triangle. Oh, what a great idea. Terrible idea. And so we go to sneak all of the reds into, or at least we sneak a small red army into the palace. They're hiding in the sewer system. Yeah. And then they spring a trap after waiting for fucking, what's his name again? Cal. And then they go, Cal, you should pick me. Uh, uh, excuse me. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's how she said it. I mean, well, it was real romantic. That's how I feel about this point in the story. I mean, she's, I, she's, she's still deluded enough to think that she could maybe sway him to join their side. Yeah. Which she's not. She's not good enough to, to sway anybody. She's really annoying. And he's I, unswayable. He is unswayable. He has a job to do. 
Anyway. It says duty. It is duty. The Reds escape, which we will deal with later, and it's great. But the coup has failed, and now Maven and Mare get taken by Cal and his guard to see the king and the queen. Dun, dun, dun. And this is when shit goes. This is the plot twist that we appreciate, not the teenage romance one. No. Yes. So, Um, Maven has a complete personality change. Because he has multiple personality disorder. I'm pretty sure about that one now. He needs medication and therapy. Well, he definitely needs therapy. His mom literally whispers into his mind. Anyway, so, turns out, it's not Mare's coup. She's just a pawn in a game she does not understand because she's a red who's had no political training whatsoever, has no idea about espionage, and failed maths. And just followed the lead of the guy she kind of fell in love with. Yeah. And we're talking about Maven in this particular instance. Um, (laughs) Yes, I mean, she just follows around the guys that she's in love with and believes them everything. Yeah. This is not the person I would be picking to lead my rebellion. No, 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 no. She's an idiot. Anyway, so it turns out the queen killed the last queen by getting into her head and making her go crazy and slit her wrists. It wasn't just a terrible rumor. That was the actual truth. And that girl who she had her tongue cut out of that was Julian's friend. Yeah, no, she was telling the truth. That wasn't a horrible rumor. Julian's also dead. The friend is dead. The queen gets into Cal's head. Cal grabs his dad's sword and guts his dad. Yeah, it's a really dramatic scene. And I have to say, it was actually pretty well written, that one. Really well written. I really like The whole struggle of him trying to fight it off and his dad eventually going... Like, I get it, you can't fight it. Uh, I'm, I'm not going to be, yeah. I don't know, mad yeah. at and, for killing and me. And, like, I forgive you, it's okay, like, everything's going to be okay. Yeah. Brilliantly was, written scene. Yes, it was a good uh, scene. I but also the cameras were off for this bit, you know, because Ooh. the queen is in charge. And then the cameras come back on, and all they see is Cal, like, pulling the sword out of Dad. And <laughs> Queen, like, collapse on the ground, and Maven being like, ah! Then... Cal and Mare just fucking bolt trying to get out of the castle. It doesn't yeah, work. I mean, we also get the, the... In all of that, we also get the revelation that Maven's been his mother's puppet the whole time and is actually oh, yeah. evil. Yeah, and that whole, like, thing with the queen being in Maeve's, Mare's mind right at the beginning, like, that's where she got this plot line. The queen played this to a T. She has nailed it. She's done her homework. She found it where yeah. this little bitch is going to, like, what she's going to fall for. She knows her better than she knows herself. Yeah. She just, I mean, if we could have had... powerful if, women. Mm. Yes, if we could have gotten the whole story from her side of view, that might have actually been interesting. Yeah. Anyway, clearly Cal and Mare get captured. And then they decide to change the plot. They announce that Mare is actually a red who was faking it by some kind of trickery. And now they've taken away her powers, which basically she stands next to this guy who's the silence. And his job is to just mute all their magical powers. That's what he does. It's kind of, it's like the one X-Men power where you can take other people's powers. It's it's a lot of X-Men in here. 
It's blocking all the everybody's powers. It's, you yeah. can't use them at all. Like, if you were super strong, you better hope that your normal strength is is but, is adequate enough to hold your body up. Like, but also interestingly, like he doesn't just do it by being around people. He can control it and actually focus it on specific people. Yeah. So he's pretty really fucking handy to have. Yeah. Yeah, and he's focusing on just Mare now. And Cal. Uh, no, not so much Cal, because they're in a fight to the death, and everybody knows that Cal can use his powers. So he's doing it to Cal a little bit, but Cal still gets to use his powers. But does he actually have his, his uh, fire bracelets with him? Yeah, he's using fire magic. Okay. Anyway, clearly there's a no, fight to the death. Um, yes. We get it's a all a And also, Mayan's been doing a shit ton of running training. Basically, there's a whole montage in the book about her doing running training because she sucks. So, we get to finally use all that running training as she runs away from people throwing shit at her. <laughs> yes. <laughs> running away is my secret power. Oh, it 100% is. And she's like, this is probably the smartest thing she does in the book and I need other people to appreciate it. Where she realizes that our friend of the silence is, like, crushing her ability to do anything. And this guy keeps, like, uh, Evangeline's brother, King Knife Thrower, or Captain of the Guard Knife Thrower, is hurling bits of, of metal at her, and she decides she's going to make a break for the wall where the silencing guy stands, and right at the last minute when he goes to shoot more metal swords or knives or just Shots, bits of whatever. pipe at her she ducks and they go through the wall and pierce this guy's brain <laughs> and she's like how i have my powers back and goes on to just kill everybody she cooks the captain of the guard in his suit and she's chasing down evangeline evangeline is like no it's supposed to be a lie why can you do this it's supposed to be a lie she's like crying and running away which we kind of appreciate because she's a bit of a yes. bitch. Um, and then, yeah, Mayor saves the day because we kind of need her to do that. They kill off everybody in the arena. All, then all of the audience scatters well, and they, they send in for... Re- they don't kill everybody. Like, eventually, like, Evangeline and a few others just get out of there. Yeah. Then they get reinforcements? Yes. Yeah, so now they're getting, like, actual soldiers, like, to reinforce them. And then they're, like, on their last knees, fighting to the death, and poof! The rebellion! Rebellion comes! Oh, no, Mayor takes control of a a, a thunderstorm first. Yeah, and then showing some power for once. Yeah, which was pretty exciting. Yeah, and then poof, the rebellion's there taking them home, and we look up and we see her brother, who's like, yeah, I'm not dead. They didn't know what to do with me because I had these cool teleportation powers! Which is how the red people escaped, and also how they just got out of the arena. Yeah, and so we end with her and Cal being in the underground um, train system again. Yeah. Going to safety. Yeah, destination. But also, now Maven has the list of everybody who's, like, her. He has everybody's blood work. He's, like, super on top of it. He's also king. He's wearing his dead dad's medals and also the sword that killed his father. Like, Yeah, and he's, like, 
sending out the message that Cal needs to be brought in and killed for the killer that he is. And Cal is like all, me, I killed my dad. <laughs> yeah, and he's, and he's all like, oh, no, Maven can't be the king. I need to be the king. It's yeah. very traumatic for him. Yes. Like, not anyway. just the death of his dad. It's like the whole, oh, no, I can't be the king. He was really into being king. Yes. He just can't wait to be king. It was his duty. It was indeed his duty. Anyway, so that would lead us into book two. Pretty strong ending overall. I'm a little bit annoyed. Uh, well, I've made it clear. I'm a lot annoyed about the teenage sub teenage romance subplot. Be like, ah, why would I put my entire rebellion in the hands of this stupid coup? But, like, other than that, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I really would have liked some character development for Cal, at least. Like, we, with the plot twist of Maven being actually a, at least, sort of bad guy at the end, that's, like, I'm, I'm fine with that. But... Oh, it was great. It was, You Cal, did not see it coming. Yeah, but, I mean, they could have done some better development of Cal towards the end, of making him at least somewhat more likable. I mean, even in the end, he's still a guy who wants to make sure that the Reds are being governed with a hard hand and that nothing changes. And Mare still, like, it's interested in him. I don't like him. His justification is that he doesn't want Reds to be ruled with a heavy hand. He doesn't want to give Red power only to be invaded by... He doesn't want to raise the Reds up only to be then be invaded by their neighbours, so any change he would have to do, he would have to institutionalise slowly, and he couldn't do that in the short term. He does have some plans to effectively lower the Silvers down to, to the Red level on the, like, fighting field uh, during the war, but that's yeah, but as he doesn't far exactly, as that plan has gone. Yeah, but he doesn't exactly plan to lift the Reds up at any stage. Like, he, no. he, isn't, he isn't interested in giving them the same rights, or even even close to that. Like, he's mostly fine with how the system works. Uh, yeah, I think so. Um, yeah. Which is a real shame. Yeah, it's just, he's not the the guy I would have picked for a main love interest. It's fine, he's gonna have a huge character, he's gonna have a shit ton of character growth in book two, right? No. No. (laughs) He's, He's not. He's, um... Sorry to spoiler anybody here for the other books as well, but Kjell sucks. I see. I think you're, having just read this one, I don't hate Kjell as much as you do. Yeah. Like, I don't know. I think that you're a little bit biased from the next few books. But, like, might be. Yeah. when I first read this, I also got halfway through book two as well. And I remember hating these books. Like, hating these books. I didn't like the writing style, I thought it was really cheesy, and I like I got the audiobook and that made it so much worse that I like <laughs> I could not stand it. But this time reading it, maybe it's just because of Across the Universe having been read recently, that like my standards for what's a shit book is much lower. But um like I, I somewhat enjoyed this. I, it was a really easy read. I hate that love triangle thing, but they pulled it back with the switch around on Marvin, like sorry. <laughs> It's fine. He's Marvin now. <laughs> Maven. Marvin the Raven. Anyway, 
yeah, I so I, I like I genuinely enjoyed this book more than I did last time. I still I'm still giving it a solid three out of five. Yeah, I think I think I'm probably at a two and a half now, actually. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It wasn't like it wasn't a terrible read. And I did um I did like the structure, but I do remember when reading it there were a couple of pages um a couple of pages or chapters where I had to force myself to keep reading because it was just not that interesting. Yeah. I think I had in my memory also like mixed this book and that other book that you have where <laughs> Yes. Maybe <laughs> the worst T V fantasy romance thing that Yeah, where God, she's like an artist was... and then she gets they have to put all their photos in and then they go through like a pageant. It's ridiculous. That, that to me yeah. I think I actually read that one when I was like twelve or thirteen. It's 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 nothing you you are you can touch after puberty it's just it has a very specific age limit yeah anyway so i was getting that book and this book mixed together so <laughs> this book was actually much better than i thought it was <laughs> but that doesn't happen often does it no well yeah. i'm just gonna make you read more high high fantasy novels now so be yes, prepared we have to, we have to i want to say we are gonna raise the standard now but then next week we have angel's blood and God, do I have a couple of rants about that one. <laughs> oh, fuck's sake. Yeah, being that bad. I will have to read it again. I thought it was all right. Like, there's definitely... Anyway, that's that's a discussion for next week. <laughs> yes. Anyway, so, I guess join us again ne- next week uh, when we review the first book in the Guild Hunter series, which is called Angel's Blood. Yes. Apparently, Trex hates it, so <laughs> brace yourself well, for a ranty episode. <laughs> Well, I don't hate it, but there are a lot of issues I have with this book. Well, never mind. Um, yes, and do follow <laughs> us on Instagram, on Facebook. Um, catch all the other episodes on any of the podcasting platforms. Wherever you find this, you'll probably find others. <laughs> yes, do have a bit of a go. Yeah. We have a website now, which you can find from our Instagram or our Facebook page. You can email us at treadlightly pod at gmail.com let us know what you think yeah is that it are we out (laughs) hold on